What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Life Coach Zach podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rance, certified life coach, certified nutritionist, mental health advocate. I like to bring guests on here that are leaders in their chosen field, whether it's a doctor or nutritionist or maybe just another life coach or spirituality coach. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity that I can share it with you guys. I hope you enjoy. How's it going? I want to thank you so much for taking out of the time out of your busy schedule to hop on the podcast today. To all the people that are listening on Apple and Spotify or whether you're watching on YouTube, I have a very, very special guest today, Frank Anderson, MD, an author, psychiatrist, therapist, speaker, and trauma specialist who spent the past three decades studying neuroscience and trauma treatment. His mission is to heal trauma and bring more love, compassion, and unity to the world. Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. That was a great intro, by the way. Thank you. I, I read it right off your website. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're doing good. You're doing well. I actually came across your page. Uh, you were on Ed Milet's podcast, which yeah. is awesome. I'm a huge fan of Ed. How was that? It was great. You know what? It was kind of an interesting thing. Um, it was fun to talk to Ed because he's kind of a quick person and he does everything fast. And I'm a quick person and I do everything fast. So it was kind of an interesting thing. He was in the midst of a rainstorm. And so he kept losing his internet connection. So there was this, we'd stop and we'd start, and we'd stop and we'd start. But him and I got into this flow, which was really amazing because he kind of got it. Mm-hmm. which I loved. Mm-hmm. And so I end, I thought it ended up being a really great, great podcast. And I've gotten such positive response from it. Um, even people like you kind of reaching out to it. So it was a win-win from my perspective. And we'll be, we'll be working together at some point again on something else too at some point, which was okay. great. Really, really cool. So I noticed in your bio on your website, you talk a lot about neuroscience and how neuroscience and trauma are interrelated. I'm a huge fan of... Joe Dispenza and learning more about the natural law of attraction and how our physiology changes when we meditate. And these are things that I talk yeah. about all the time. So I yeah. want to talk today about how neuroscience is connected to trauma. Can you bridge that gap for us? Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a huge piece. And you know, some, it's interesting because really as a psychiatrist, I learned all the basic science stuff way back in medical school before I went into psychiatry residency. So I have this basis in neuroscience. And then as my career evolved to be able to apply it to psychotherapy, apply it to coaching, apply it to wellness and mental health is huge. There are a couple people doing this work, like Bessel van der Kolk is one of them. Dan Siegel is another one of them. So there's some people that really are bridging that gap. And for me, like Joe Ledoux is a guy who really teaches us the fear circuitry. Like he really helps us understand fear circuitry. So when you take fear circuitry, like what happens in the fear response, and you're looking at a neural network, everything's about neural networks right now, right? So you look at the neural network, you understand the certain areas of the brain that get activated under certain circumstances, all of the interventions that we do therapeutically kind of make sense now. Okay. So there is a, there's a method behind the madness. And I'll, I'll say a couple things. Like I can get into this in a big way, but like there's this vertical network. We call it the vertical network or the bottom up top down network. It's the trauma network basically in the brain and information comes up through the body 
in through the thalamus, which kind of sends things in the brain. It's a structure in the brain that sends information to different areas. When it's emotionally significant, it sends it to the amygdala very unconsciously. Then it also slow, more slowly sends it up to the prefrontal cortex, which assimilates the information, processes the information, and gives us the appropriate response. This network is bottom up, top down, bottom up, top down. In trauma, right, we get this, holy crap, I'm going to die, or oh my God, this is horrible response, which is that quick, unconscious amygdala response. But then we recover when the information more slowly gets processed in the prefrontal cortex, right? Here's the deal though, Zach, and trauma chemicals, the stress chemicals shut off the prefrontal cortex. Is that cortisol or is it different chemicals? Yeah, that's exactly right. So cortisol starts the ball rolling, but then there's glutamate is another stress activated chemical. There's dopamine, there's norepinephrine. So these excitatory neurotransmitters literally shut off the prefrontal cortex. Got it. And so we don't have the capacity to what we call downregulate the amygdala firing, the, right. oh my God, the freak out. So people are left in trauma, right? Freaking out emotionally, holy shit, I'm going to die. Their body is physiologically activated, uh-huh. okay? The autonomic nervous system gets really activated okay. and there's no capacity in those moments to calm the system down, to downregulate. So the Emotions fire from the amygdala, fear. The body is activated, heart rate, you know, and you don't have the capacity to downregulate in those moments. Now, neuroscience, so neuroscience gives us that explanation, right? Sure. But it also gives us interventions too. When you start learning about the neuroscience of empathy and compassion, okay. for example. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Can I interject real quick though? Yes. Because I have ahead. a question that's going to lead into this. So, you know, we yeah. have, we have a, a, a traumatic experience, whether it's yeah. um, being abused or a car accident, something like that, something that really yeah. gets our gets our body going crazy. And we go you from down it. to top and top to down. Now, yes. the prefrontal cortex takes all the information that was given whether it's a physical thing at us or a mental trauma and, and it processes that, right? Exactly. In all this entire process, I guess, does the ego come into play? Is the ego involved here? Like not really, not when you're in, when you're in a fight or flight response, ego's gone. Okay. This is like life and death. You know, if I don't know if you remember, like this is, I would say this is probably biology in chemistry in high school, the fight, flight, freeze, right. submit. Absolutely. Okay? So when you're in those extreme circumstances, right. ego is out the window. Yeah. Like Can this is more about survival. Go Sorry ahead. To keep cutting off, but when it comes to fight or flight, this is this yeah. is when our body is is changing and our body's getting ready. Like the hair stands up on our skin. We're either going to fight it. the saber tooth tiger or we're going to run yeah. from the saber tooth tiger. This is back, back, exactly. back. This is where it happened. Natural selection and all that good stuff. But let me ask you, you this: a lot yeah. of us are constantly living in a fight or flight 
mode. Right. Right. And this is what what I really, when it comes to mental health, like we're constantly living, I don't have enough money or like, oh my God, I'm so worried about COVID or like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. And we're constantly having this chronic mental stress into our brain. We're completely unaware of it. It turns into this negative feedback loop. And because we're constantly in fight or flight response, our cells, our good cells die off. Am I right here? Am I on the Well, no. So here's the way I would say it. It's not that our good selves die off. It's that the stress blocks access to our good self. This is the way I think about it. Everybody has that rational, calm, loving presence within them, but we don't have access to it when we're under constant stress. So self, your good self doesn't die off, right? It doesn't, it's there. It's in there. It's just not accessible in those moments. That's the way I think about it. So when you're like, holy shit, oh my God, this is crazy. You don't have access to the wise mind. You don't have access to your capacity, right? You get hijacked. This is the way I think about it. it. You get hijacked, okay? It's a, it's a hijacking because of intensity. Now, here's another thing I'll, I'll share with you. And you, because you mentioned the COVID piece, and I'm just writing about this in my new newsletter that's coming out next week. What happens under chronic stress? So we're talking right now, holy crap, like I'm going to die or whatever. For an extended period of time. If you're in extended chronic trauma, which we are all in right now as moving into year three of COVID, right? When you're in extended chronic trauma, what ends up happening is cortisol levels deplete. And we enter a, a phase of what's called adrenal fatigue. We don't have the capacity to mount a cortisol response anymore because our systems can't recover anymore. It's depleted. And so most of us now are in adrenal fatigue. Like we can't mount a holy crap response. We're too tired. We're fatigued. We're drawn. We're worn out. And that's a whole other physiological thing that happens in chronic trauma. Okay. And like, this is what I'll talk about when you're talking about an acute event, right? Any, any child who grows up in a wildly dysfunctional family is in chronic trauma, right? One, two, three, four, five times. It happens. All of us who have been in dysfunctional families know what that's like. Your body can't sustain itself. You can't recover. And then you get depleted. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing a lot of right now. Yeah. Amazing. So so kind of to really simplify it and make it yes. digestible for people to understand, when you you're it. constantly stressed out, over something that's out of your control, right? It hijacks our ability to, and I'm probably going to use the wrong word, but like process our cortisol in a healthy way because cortisol is good in in small amounts, correct? Totally. Okay. So cortisol's yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't allow ourselves to process the cortisol correctly. (laughs) And because of that, our digestive system, our immune system, our cardiovascular system, our central nervous system, isn't able to run as efficiently as possible. A hundred percent. And then it breaks down. It it literally breaks down, right? Our heart breaks down. Our immune system breaks down. Our brain breaks down. Our ability to process our thoughts and make wise decisions break down. 
we're, when we're totally. in this constant state of stress, when we're constantly in fight or flight mode. That's why you things like it. meditation and, and walking outside and looking at the stars is literally scientifically proven to be helpful. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. And, you know, people lose sight of that when you're hijacked, right? When you're hijacked like that, you lose sight of what you need to do in order to <clears throat> handle things appropriately. So we, because really when you're hijacked, you're in either fight or flight, which is sympathetic activation, holy crap, or parasympathetic shutdown. <laughs> you're, yeah, exactly. So we go to either extreme, right? Yeah. And you can't sustain fight or flight. Then you get into shutdown. That's called right. blunting or blocking or numb or dissociation, right? Okay. So you go from one to the other and then you lose the capacity because you're, you don't have the capacity for your prefrontal cortex to assess the information, to come up with the appropriate response. So you lose like, you know, taking a walk would be really good right now. If I exercise, I know I'm going to feel better. Right. Eating a half a gallon of ice cream is going to make me feel like crap the next day. So we lose the capacity to, to do those healthy things when our brain gets hijacked like that. Yeah. And then it becomes a vicious cycle. And then the worse we are, the worse we feel. And then we're like, the hell with it. I'm going to have a, a, another drink, another ice cream, another whatever. And then you know it, what I mean? It's a feedback loop. Then it's negative. Totally. Negative emotions and bad decisions and bad decisions lead to negative emotions and negative yeah. emotions lead to bad decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So it's... You're, it's Go ahead. I was saying oh, your mission ahead. is to heal trauma. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of different ways to heal trauma, but in your yes. experience, you've been doing this your entire life. What has yep. been the most proven way? And not just to treat trauma, but to prevent future trauma. Because we a lot of the times we create trauma. We create a right. narrative in our head. It doesn't have to be a car accident or abuse to be trauma. Like if we grow up in a dysfunctional family, we're going to have that chronic trauma. And there are things, whether it's uh, social media or whether it's yeah. CNN or Fox news, I'm not calling yes. either of them out. You know, it, it, there are yes. traumas that happen in, in our lives and we need yeah. to be able to kind of filter it and prevent future trauma. So how can someone deal with their current trauma and prevent future trauma moving forward? So those are two really important questions, and I'm going to answer them differently because <clears throat> I'll, I'll do, let's talk about healing current trauma first, and then let's talk about prevention second, okay? okay? Because my philosophy and my belief system is that everybody has had something overwhelming or traumatic in their life at some point. I don't think, I don't know anybody who's free of trauma. And, you know, some people are adverse to that word, like, oh, <clears throat> I wasn't raped, so therefore I don't have a trauma history. Everybody's been shamed. Every, life, I believe life experience is about learning through adversity. So everybody has adversity, right? And if you don't have the capacity or the relationships and safety in your life to heal from them, they accumulate. And if you do this natural tendency to suppress them and push them away, we have a tendency to repeat them. Yeah, we're just okay? like pushing them down, bottling We're pushing it. it away. We're pushing it away. We're constantly looking outside of ourselves for a solution. Drugs and alcohol. And then, 
you got it. And then we, or, or dysfunctional relationships. And then we end up perpetuating it. So for me, the more we suppress it and, and we don't acknowledge the reality of what we've been through, the more we are likely to repeat it. Right. Okay. So that's just a natural phenomenon. The healing piece is really, and this is something, you know, you've heard me say this on Ed's podcast, like I have a trauma history. Like I'm not just a trauma expert for no reason. Like I have a pretty significant trauma history and I've done a lot of work to heal. And I want people to know that healing is possible. And there are, there are certain key elements to healing, Zach, that's different than a specific modality. Cause I don't, think too much about this is the only way to heal trauma because I don't believe that. I think different things work for different people, but there's this overall, I call it the arc of trauma healing. Like you've got to be able to embrace all of what goes on inside of you, even the bad stuff. The All the negative behavior has a positive intention. Suicidality is there to try to keep the pain away no matter what. Okay? Cutting, drinking, drugging is there to keep the pain away. So you always look at the positive intention of every symptom that you're struggling with instead of hating it and trying to get rid of it. Because without that, you're not going to get to the more deeper level of vulnerability. So first, it's embracing and loving everything you want to get rid of and really, truly doing that. It makes you who you are. It is, you know, and when you start understanding why eating, overeating is trying to help you, then you have more compassion for it. Uh Okay. Right. 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 When you, oh, like I had one, one person is like, I'm, I'm depressed because every time I get undepressed, I go out and date and I pick jerks. So then if the person's like, oh, then I love, I love the part of me that's keeping me depressed. It's, to, it's trying to help me not date jerks. Oh, I get it. It's a game changer, right. right? Once you understand the intention behind these symptoms, then you get their permission. They feel heard, seen, and understood. Then you get the permission to deal with the underlying wound, right. which is I'm unlovable, I'm less than, I'm no good. Like those are all the wounds. I'm worthless. You know, those are the insecurities, the shame, the pain, on the, the neglect that people carry deep down. So we work with the symptoms, appreciate them to get access to the vulnerability. And then there's this ability to love, be with, heal internally from within those places of us that feel that way. Because most of us push it away. I say you have the capacity to heal within if you can access those places from a loving, compassionate stance. Yeah. And once those places within us are truly seen and loved, not pushed away and isolated, they have the capacity to release and transform. Right. Okay. Okay? So that's, that's the healing thing. Now, some people can do it on their own. Some people can't, you know, some people need to get help for that. And, you know, 
this is the way to do it. Some people, you know, like some people get, you know, do wildly positive, spontaneous healings during meditation. Some people do it during exercise or when they're in nature, right? right? When you're in, in, a, in a loving relationship and feeling intimacy. Right. And when it comes to right? healing, we're constantly healing. Like we're never fully yeah. healed. You're not, oh, you're right. 100% better now. Never. No, no. We're constantly healing. This is a journey. Our you mental health is a journey. Our physical health it. is a journey. Dealing with past trauma is a journey. You have to yeah. look at it like a journey. There's no finish line. There's no destination. Do you agree with that? 100%. 100%. Okay. I, I I will always be working on myself. Sure. Always. Like I I like I'm like I'm a therapy lifer. I will be in therapy for yep. the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> hopefully my therapist will be around and if they're not, I'll get another one. Like we're <laughs> always healing. Like Maybe. and it doesn't only have to be therapy. I really want to say there's different ways to heal, right? But yeah, we're always learning, we're always yep. growing, we're never done. Mm-hmm. This is a this is the journey of life from my perspective. Like so, my next question to learn. Yeah, yeah. My next question: When we talked about healing from past trauma and preventing it in the future, when it comes to healing, I'm gonna kind of just summarize everything you said, make it very yeah. digestible for people to understand. You have to face it head on. Face it yeah. head on. We cannot suppress and push yeah. down our trauma. We need to face it head on. We need to love our trauma because that's what makes us who we are. And then we need to change our perspective, right? Where's the silver lining here? There is yeah. some silver lining in these dark clouds. So when it comes 100%. to those, did I hit the nail on the head with that? 100%. The, uh, the, last thing, the other thing I'll say is embrace it. Okay. You want to be with it, love it, and embrace it. Love it. that's yeah. the corrective experience. Got it. So love it, embrace it, and then changing your perspective because that's – what makes you who, you who you are, and it's a silver lining. So yeah. let me ask you this. I want to be the most, the strongest person to deal with trauma, okay? What are some character traits? What are some yeah. character traits that will help me deal with trauma? Because if I had to assume, you know, resilience, really important. You can yes. never knock me yes. down. Fall down seven, get up eight. And you said it yourself, Doc. You said it yourself. Yeah. We all experience trauma. We yeah. are all victims here. Or we are all not victims here. It's how you want to look at it, right? Yeah. Some trauma is going to be worse than other people's. We can obviously agree on that. Some people go 100%. through a lot more shit than I've gone through and vice versa with you, yeah. okay? But we all have traumas. We all have yeah. traumas. And no one's is, is – some might be harder to deal with, but at the end of the day, we got to get through this. So what are some yeah. character traits that someone can work on or that someone can build upon that's going to help them deal with future trauma in the, in the, in the future? Totally. So a couple things, and I do love this, this word resilience, because I think it's really important. You know, there's some, some people have this natural capacity to rise above things, you know, like you've heard these stories, we see, we hear it in, you know, social media all the time, you hear it on TV, all these reality shows are all full of people who rise above adversity. So there are certain people I think about temperament, some people have this natural capacity to rise above adversity. It's that certain it factor that they have. However, I think everybody's capable of expanding their capacity for resilience. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I don't have it. I'm screwed. I don't believe that. 
I think about this, this work that I do, this kind of therapy called internal family systems, there are these qualities that we talk about, curiosity, compassion, clarity, care, love. This is internal wisdom. This is the place within you that is power, that has compassion and love. That is got natural healing elements to it, uh-huh. okay? So calm, curious, compassionate, clear, confident, okay? You've got to bring that to every situation. You've got to bring that to your internal experiences that you've tra- pushed away, and you've got to bring it to every interaction that you have. Because I say this, we either... Every opportunity, we either repress it, we repeat it, or we learn from it, okay? And so what are you going to do with your moments? Right. Right? You got to learn and, from and it. And you, you've got to learn from it. And you've got you've to learn from it from that place of confident, compassion, clarity, courageousness, Okay, yeah. and it's being with it. Here's a here's an important distinction too, Zach. It's being with it, not in it. It's not helpful to relive your trauma. Being with okay? it, okay. You have to be with it from a curious, compassionate place, not relive it. Because people, this is when you become a a trauma junkie, a crisis junkie. You go from one crisis to the next. Not right. helpful. Being with it instead of in it is key to healing. Also. Love that. Be with it, not in it. And this pretty much yes. is the definition of emotional intelligence, right? Yeah. Acknowledging That's your right. emotions without becoming your emotions. You're yeah. not sad. 100%. You're Dr. Frank Anderson, right? Yeah. That's you just exactly right. feel and a, a part way. of me is sad. A part of me is sad, not right. all of it. Okay. Me. I like the way you put that better. A part of you is sad, yeah. right? And we need to be able to be aware of these emotions without becoming them because when we start to become sad or become pessimistic then we go to sleep feeling like shit we wake up feeling like shit and then we're sad and we're pessimistic and when you're sad and pessimistic those low frequency vibrations that you are projecting into the universe are going to come back to you that's why we try to radiate appreciation love and gratitude because those are the highest vibrating frequency emotions there are. And when you're able to feel love and feel joy and feel gratitude, not just saying you're grateful, but right. feeling it, two completely different things. And, yeah. and one thing, one practice that I do that I've shared with my audience a few times, I want to share it with you too, uh, Dr. Frank, yeah. is um, you know when I'm running, I train for Ironman triathlons. I'm about to do my third triathlon yeah. coming up. And uh, when I'm running and when I'm training, I say love, gratitude, appreciation. And I try to like feel, really feel these emotions, like yeah. change my cells, change the physiology of my body, whether it's my heart rate or the circulation of blood or, you know, anything like that. And um, that that's kind of a skill that I'm trying to strengthen, yeah. believe it or not. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, a couple things. So I totally agree with that. And that's, that's the accessing your inner wisdom that's accessing your higher self, okay? That's the way I think about it. It's like we all have that in us. 
We all have that capacity. And for me, it's how do you get there? How do you get to that space? Like for me, exercise, nature are the two ways I get there. Sure. You know what I mean? I think about it as a state of being, like my highest self, okay? The thing I'll, put, I'll, tw- I'll push back a little bit, Please. those lower vibration energies, we don't want them to consume us or take us over, but we also don't want to trash them either, okay? We okay. want to access our highest self, and then we want to appreciate how those lower vibration energies are trying to help us. Whoa, I never thought about it like that. Okay. Yeah. See, okay. this is because we don't want to push away that stuff. Interesting. Okay? I felt more aware of thinking it like that, thinking about it like that. I you, felt more aware. You, we, it's good to feel that you access the highest, your highest vibration. So absolutely do what you need to access your higher vibration. But once you're there, then you could be with all the pain and the difficulty from a place of love and compassion, which is what heals. Do you understand that? Not, oh, good, I want love and compassion and get rid of anger, hatred, sadness, loneliness. No. Access that higher state and utilize it because that's healing energy. Amazing. So that sounds great. And it definitely works, and, and, and it sounds great in theory. It sounds great in, in real-world practicality, for sure. But yeah. easier said than done, right? Yes. Easier said than done. We all know what we should do, but exercising our free will to do it is completely different. So what's a very simple and easy way for someone to practice this? Well, and th- that word, practice, is not accidental, because it absolutely is a practice. Do you know what I mean? Sure. It absolutely is a practice. And honestly, for me, it is, and I don't want to sound too cliche, but we've got to stop fighting ourselves. Yeah. We've got to stop fighting because there's such the battle. I shouldn't feel this way. This is wrong and bad. I should feel this way. So for me, it really is, you know, embrace the pain, embrace the negative. Don't slip in it, right? Like, what do we do? Like, if that is, that is really, that's, yeah. I mean, what would I, what would I say? Like, and know what works for you. This is the other thing I'll say. Yeah. Okay. Know what works for you because my partner is a meditator. Okay. He goes off and sits by himself in a room for 45 minutes. And that's the way he gets to his higher self. That don't work for me. Oh, it doesn't work for you? Okay. I'm an active person who I need to go out for a long run. I need to be active. Mm. I need to move my body. I need to be in nature. And then I access that higher self. Some people journal. Like some people journal. Like So for me, it's play around with how you get to this space within you. I'm yeah. doing this. I'm working with this whole dance movement program called Kinergy, and it's a whole movement platform to help people access their higher self, right? And to heal trauma through movement. Like some people are very movement oriented. Other people sitting still helps them get there. So right. I really say play around. Don't I'm I'm 
defective because meditation doesn't work for me. Honestly, a lot of trauma survivors cannot sit with themselves. It's right. too scary. Exactly. Going inside is really scary. Exactly. So play around with the exactly. way you feel your best. Right. We're all different. We're biological human beings. What works good for Doc Frank might not work good for Zach Rance and, and vice versa. 100%. Right. 100%. So my, exactly my last right. question here, because I know you're super busy. Yeah. I don't want to take up too much of your time. My last question. So we've got to know each other a little bit over the last 30 yeah. minutes. Um, I'm 31 years old. Uh, I meditate every day for 30 minutes. I exercise yeah. a lot. I eat super healthy. I journal. I pray to God in the morning on my knees. Yeah. Um, what's some advice you have for me specifically? Like you knowing what I know, how can I learn more? What should I be more intentional about? Where can I, what path can I go down that's going to benefit me the most? Yeah. So honestly, this is funny. I don't know why this is coming to me, Zach, but it's coming to me. I want you to be courageous and be, be more active in visiting those darker places within you. Ah, okay. I want you to use all the stuff you're talking about and not be so afraid to visit, be with the darker places because there's a lot of, there's a jewels within those darker spaces. Okay. So this is my next okay. question, follow-up question. Or were you, I don't, I don't want to- Sorry for up. going, I kind of went right there. Well, <laughs> right in there. Well, I mean, I not. Yeah, I immediately thought like, what are my dark places? I'm a pretty happy person. And I'm like, you know what? And I'm going to be really transparent and vulnerable yes. here. I, I compare yeah. myself to everybody. Like yeah. I compare myself to people that are better than me. Right. And I compare myself to yeah. people that are worse right. than me. Every That's person right. I walk by, every single person I see on social media, I'm like, 100%. Well, well, I probably have more money than them. Or I'm, yeah. I have a way better six pack than him. That's or, right. That's or, right. you know, so... So here's what I'll say. The part of you that's always comparing holds some less than about him. And so I would say, hang out with him and get to know the place inside okay. that feels the need to compare. So what does this have because, to do with my – oh, sorry, sorry. I don't, I don't mean to keep cutting you off. Because he like, feels that part of you is holding some less than. And he needs to be loved. And he needs to be seen by you. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be embraced by you. It's like you need to think he's amazing. He needs to feel that you think he's amazing so that he doesn't feel the need to compare himself to everybody. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. B have compassion for that guy. 100%, 100%. Do, what does that feel like? Just even my saying that, what does that feel like? Just like, I felt a, a strong sense of humility and human commonality like come across my body. Like, I'm just like, yo. You got like, it. Right, like it's just, it's okay. That's right. we all, so we're, did, yeah. We're all so gonna just compare. Just settle into no. that. Settle into that. Yeah, have yeah. compassion for him. Have compassion. Have compa right it's okay that you feel that way. I love you just the right. way you are. Like, that's the thing. Because that's my message, really, is I want people to not 
run away from their pain. I want to show them that there's a way to be with their pain in a way that's compassionate and loving and ultimately healing. Amazing. Frank Anderson, MD. To all the people that were listening on Spotify and Apple Music, thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and subscribe. Share this with a friend. Leave a testimonial. That would be great. Uh, head over to frankandersonmd.com. That's Frank, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-M-D.com. To all the people that are watching on YouTube, thank you so much for sticking around to the very, very end. I'm going to drop the link to for Dr. Frank's uh uh, website below and also uh, hit the link to his Instagram, which is Frank underscore Anderson MD. That's F R A N K underscore A N D E R S O N M D. Dr. Frank, thank you so much for your time today. This was an awesome conversation. I enjoyed sharing the love and compassion and emotions with you. And you're definitely, uh, your advice is, is going to be taken to heart. Beautiful. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And you are part of what's making the world better. You're part of the healing journey. So all that you're doing, I appreciate what you're doing and getting the message out there. So thanks so much for having me. Awesome. And I'll also drop the link to uh, Dr. Frank's book. You can get it on Amazon or at his website. um, And I'll put all his resources below. Thank you so much for watching. Go ahead and subscribe, share it with your friend, and I will see you guys on the next video.